0: Hello, everyone. There's a lot of you guys here this evening, so it's great to see all of you and if you're live streaming, i glad that you were able to log on with us. Well, this is something I've been looking forward to for the last several weeks, mainly because I don't have to preach and I can just grill them with questions. And you guys sent in a lot of good questions. Uh, some of these questions range between just practical life questions and uh, theological ones. And, um, and we're not going to touch on every single question, but I'll do my best to make sure that most of the questions would be represented. I'll jump back and forth between things like practical, church stuff, theological stuff, relationship stuff, and it will just be back and forth. It really depends on how they answer. And Bill has like a, his notepad up, and I'm going to try to like throw him off or make him like go through the notes very quickly. Um, Bill and Kathy, thank you for, be, for doing this. this is, um, it's exciting again for all of us to get to know you. Um, and just, I think for some of the younger people, especially since, you know, there are a lot of new freshmen here, um, they know of you, but they don't really know anything about you. So, how did you guys both come to faith, and how did you guys know each other?
1: Uh, so, first of all, I just want to uh, let all of you know that it's a great blessing for Kathy and me to be here. Um, and um, it's a great blessing because uh, when we see everybody in this, um, in this room, uh, you know, I don't think we've seen this many people in this room for 15 months, uh, and it's really exciting. Uh, and uh, I, I just wanted to encourage everyone here um, that uh, uh, to, to greet one another later, and, and you know, just uh, enjoy one another, another's company, uh, and to um, encourage each other as you walk with uh, uh, walk in, in, in with Jesus Christ, because um, that's what we're all here for. Um, and uh, you know it's a real privilege for us to be here. Uh, thanks for taking the time to, to come to uh, a meeting where you got two two um, people who are not in your generation uh, to talk about things. Um, I dare say that we're probably older than your parents. So you know uh, that that gives you a little bit of a head start for what Pastor Ray wants to ask us. Um, so, um, so the question is. How long we've been in church? Yeah.
0: How did you come to faith, and how long? How did you guys meet?
1: Uh, so, so actually, uh, I'll start. Okay, and then Kathy will, will fill in on this. So, I actually became a believer uh, um, at this church. Uh, I, uh, I was, um, I guess, I was in ninth grade. I was in ninth grade, and uh, um, that was many, many years ago. And uh, I, I, I came to one of the fellowship meetings on a Friday night, just like all of you are here, and. Uh, uh, I heard the gospel presented and uh, um, i came a number of times but uh, there's one one evening where it was actually more clear to me and uh, uh, that uh, that evening uh, i went home and i was talking to my sister uh, uh, and uh, she actually uh, I, I would say led me to christ uh, i i um, um, received jesus christ as my personal savior uh, my sister Irene, my oldest sister, Irene, is actually one of the first seven women in this church. She was a, a teenager at the time. So so I go back a long way. So that's how I became a believer. As far as, far as how I met Kathy, um, I'll let her start, and if I need to fill anything in, I'll fill it in.
0: It's called wisdom. <laughs> defer to the spouse. Um, I began um, my my
1: first
2: ex- exposure to church was as a young child and where my parents just dropped me off at church and they went back to work. Um, And I went to church that way from, I'd say, as a very young child uh, of like maybe four or five. And as we we were living in Richmond, we moved to Oakland and we were also dropped off at church and my parents went to work. And um, later my sister invited me to church after one of her friends invited her to church. And so then uh, that began uh, me attending. I went to Oakland CIBC um, and I just kind of fell into church. I fell into reading the Bible and um, I prayed to God when I needed help, but I don't ever remember actually uh, accepting Christ as my personal savior. And it wasn't until um, my sister went away to college And she came back and shared with me that I only needed to receive Jesus Christ once in my life, and he would be there. And so at that point, I decided, well, I'm going to do it right now so I know that I did it and I don't ever have to do it again. And so that was, um, see, I don't even have a date. (laughs) I just know that that's when I did it in high school. And so from that point on, I can't say that my life turned around completely. But that's the date that I know that um, I made that commitment. uh, And I know that I confessed my sins and I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Um,
0: How did you guys meet?
2: Okay, there's probably two versions of it, my version and his version. So I'll tell my version and then he can tell his. (laughs) Um, I met Bill um, during a trip I took down to Los Angeles. I had been um, I've been I, I am a clinical laboratory scientist by profession and my first year year of working I was working um, for those of you who are working and work in healthcare you know that your hours are very um, can be very varied and I worked uh, swing shift which is 3:30 3 to 11:30 at night I, my schedule was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. And for someone who's just out of college and, uh, I didn't leave much for a social life. And so when I finally was able to switch jobs to a Monday through Friday job and a day job, and I weekends off, um, I flew down to Los Angeles to, to visit a girlfriend. And it was there that I met Bill at a fellowship similar to this. It was called Grad Fellowship at First Chinese Baptist Church of LA in Chinatown. And we had gone on a hike and I went with the the fellowship group on a hike. And so, you know, fellowship groups like this are great because you meet people from different places. And um, that part of that is just an opportunity TO GET TO KNOW OTHER PEOPLE AND OTHER uh, PEOPLE IN THE SAME STAGE OF LIFE. AND SO um, THAT WAS WHERE I MET BILL. I DIDN'T, uh, uh, we, we, OUR COMMONALITY WAS THAT HE WAS FROM THE BAY AREA AND I WAS FROM THE BAY AREA. WE WENT TO DIFFERENT CHURCHES um, AND WE COMPARED NOTES, BUT it, THERE WAS NOTHING REALLY THAT. Um, I WAS LIKE, HE TOOK MY PHONE NUMBER but I thought it was for a different purpose. (laughs) Um, But the next time he came to the Bay Area, he did call me up. And when he called me up, I didn't even know it was him. (laughs) Uh, He identified himself as William, and my old boss's name was William. So when the message, uh, I got the message that William called, I called my boss, and he said, I didn't call you. So I waited, and he did call. And so, um, ours was not a conventional, uh, conventional type um, relationship, because he was always somewhere else. He was either in Los Angeles or he was in New York, and so that was how we dated. So I'll let you tell, let him tell his version.
1: Um, yeah, she covered it all. I think so. I don't have too much to add. Um, yeah. Uh, so. so uh, um, yeah i i i uh, i was going to dental school at the time um uh, in los angeles uh, so so actually we w- we went to the same college we actually both went to cal and we were actually in the same major but we never met um and so uh, uh, so it was kind of uh, um, kind of unusual you know I, I i don't know anyway um so so um uh I, I don't, there's not much to add. She covered it all. So I, I you know, uh, I met her and then I said, oh, well, maybe that, that'd be a, uh, somebody I want to get to know better. And so, <laughs> so I did call her and I, we went out a few times and then, uh, but, but, you know, I finished, after I finished dental school, I went to New York for a general practice residency. So uh, I was gone for another year. Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if I to share the rest of it. Yeah, but uh but we got engaged um, when I was in New York. When we were, in- I was in New York, and uh, um, uh, so here's here's something. S- so she flew out to New York to visit, and um, uh, and uh, she landed. She landed at Newark Airport, and I um, I ar- already um, decided I was going to ask her to marry me, and um, and uh, uh, so then she had lost her luggage, so um, so she was really distracted. So when I asked her to marry me, uh, she said yes. So she was so distracted that uh, she had to say yes. I guess I, maybe she thought I meant, did I find her luggage? But, but anyway, she said yes. So so uh, we got engaged uh, in, in New York and uh, we were married um, about a year later. Um, and as it turns out, uh, 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 the uh, public health service hospital I was working at, they, they, they used to assign uh, dentists to uh, uh, medical people to the Coast Guard. So So they actually asked me to um, come out to back back to Alameda uh, uh, to work at the Coast Guard base um, after the general practice residency. So we, um, I was on active duty when we got married, and uh, so um, that that's the story. So that that took a lot of time. So you don't have to ask all the theological. No, questions. I have a
0: whole bunch of questions uh, uh, just based yeah. on what you're sharing. What made you say yes? So what was it about Bill that you're like, okay, yeah, I want to marry this person? Like, what is it about? What was it about him that made you realize, oh, I want to, I want to go on more dates with him? This guy is pretty awesome. I want to. Pursue more than just a friendship with this guy. That's actually one of the questions here. Just so
2: well, you said it all, Pastor, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, Bill and I talk about it a lot, and uh, I think we were at the stage that we were both ready to um, pursue a relationship. We were um, ready, and um, actually, you know, um, looking. Looking, to, um, looking for a mate, and I think that um, we, we didn't spend a lot of physical time together, but we spent a lot of time talking, and um, our value systems were very in line with uh, each other. Uh, our backgrounds were actually very sim- similar, and um, we just uh, were able to communicate really well. And we wanted to communicate really well with each other, and um, because we were apart, um, the best way to get closer was to talk. And so we did a lot of talking. And back in the day when there was no email, there was only snail mail and long-distance phone calls. And it was like uh, hour 2 hour phone calls and a lot of mail, a lot of letter writing.
1: Yeah, I, I think. Um... Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with um, that, w- that we were both ready, you know, at that time. We, uh, uh, you know, it's true. I, I was, one, one thing about living by yourself, uh, at least for me, it taught me that I don't think I want to live by myself. You know, I, I, I realized that uh, uh, that's not my giftedness, you know. Some people have that giftedness to be single, um, but uh, living by yourself or, or living away from home and... And um, uh, having take care of everything, and I realized, you know what? I, I, I'm not good for this. You know, I'm not. That's not something that I'm uh, uh, um, that I'm gifted at doing. Uh, so I, I was ready. You know, I was re- I was looking. I was looking, and uh, um, you know, she's, she's just the right person for me. And uh, I know, I know, what you're thinking, so how do I know? You know, I can't tell you how you know. <laughs> you just, in some ways, you just do. Uh, but but uh, uh, you have to. Um, you can't be, how should I say, too reticent. You know, uh, I think you have to take some initiative, uh, and uh, um, and uh, and I think in your mind, I think you do have to have some idea of uh, uh, what you're looking for, um, and uh, and uh, um, but, but but I think even more as the years have gone by, I realized uh, um, some of the things was was um, I, I, it, how should I say it. When, 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 when you hear the pastors preaching and your Sunday school teachers teaching, things like your vertical relationship is important, uh, is actually most important. In other words, your relationship with God is the most important um, uh, because that's how you, you have your, your foundation. And, then, and then, then your horizontal relationships, in other words, how you uh, um, um, interact with other people. Uh, it's absolutely true, um, and and because if you're not walking with God, if your relationship's not right with God, I think uh, 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 you know your relationship with other people is not it's, it's not not really good. Uh, of course, at that time, I don't think I really knew that, but I, I had been taught you know you, you're supposed to you know read the Bible, you know be right with God, confess your sins, all that type of thing that 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 you've already know. Uh, but but that establishes a foundation for your relationship with other people. Um, so I don't think I could articulate it at that time, but I think it was going on, you know. Um, and, and so uh, that's something that uh, uh, it sounds so trite, but it's not. It, it really is like that. You have to be right with God, uh, if you, if, you, uh, and and then that gives you the, the ability to be right with other people.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's that's very good. It's not like. An angel came out and said, "Okay, you're gonna marry this other person, but you you were drawn to the person's character, and you took initiative. You were proactive in terms of building that relationship. Um, so that's good. That's just I think that's strange in our times because we have, yeah, we we don't have snail mail or anything. We have like, you know, little messages here and there, and there's a tendency to think that you can build a relationship off just the internet. But you're you're saying that." actually having conversations um, even if it's long distance is that connection that you guys have that kind of help build you guys up so you so you could know like okay I'm gonna pursue and more than just a friendship but a marriage so some of the questions I've I'm looking over they're they're work related and know Kathy you're retired and bill you're about to retire so looking back at your life and your whole career what, were some, what are some, some of the practical advice that you can give to some of the younger people here, that that are about to work or working currently, on how to witness, to not not just be a good testimony, but how to like actually share the gospel with your coworkers. What are some advice that you guys can have or share?
1: Uh, so I'll, so I'll start. Um, um, you know, one, one thing about the, the working world, I think. Um, um, we remember when you're working. Uh, uh, the reason why you're, you're you have a job uh, is that you're supposed to be providing a service. Um, you know, you know, in scriptures, they, they, you know, we, we, we learned about um, you know uh, the master-slave relationship. And they talk about that. Um, and and you know, even though today, uh, you know, we just celebrated June 10th, 12th, something like whatever that's called, the freedom of slavery uh, on June 19th. But actually. Um, I think the uh, concept of being a slave, it, d- it does, uh, you know, um, cross over into the work world. Uh, for those hours that you're being paid, you really do have to, I think, have that concept that you're a slave, certainly as, as a, a servant. Uh, so you're supposed to be adding value to whatever um, your your job is. Okay, that, that's what you're going to be judged on, and that's what your testimony is. And, and, and it is biblical, I think, to... to to, uh, to be working um, to give value to whatever your, your job situation is. It's, uh, we're supposed to do things uh, heartily as unto the Lord. Uh, so your ultimate judge, of course, is the Lord. Uh, but, uh, but even in the workplace, uh, uh, you, um, you're supposed to be uh, diligent. Uh, you're not supposed to be lazy. You're supposed to be, be, because you're being paid. You're a slave for those hours. I think that's a good way to kind of look at, look at your job. Now you're not a dumb slave, okay? We remember, uh, in in the biblical times, a lot of the slaves were uh, were actually some of the slaves were actually very well educated. They were uh, like the, some of these Greek slaves were were guys that um, you know were better educated than their masters, and they were they were given the. Uh, the responsibility of, of raising the children uh, of, of the uh, master, uh, and and so so you know you're not a dumb slave. You're 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 thinking. You're showing initiative. You're you're trying to think about how to maybe make the job better, make that position better, um, uh, and and you know uh, and at the same time you're you're probably also adding value for, for of yourself. So there's an element of career building that's that's wor- uh, that's uh, put into your work, um, and, and having said that. Um, if you don't do a good job, or at least try to be doing a good job, or showing you a good job, I think your testimony suffers if you're going to say, oh, I'm a believer. And then you spend all your time uh, uh, talking about uh, um, your belief system and you know, your, all that type of stuff, which is fine, except you have to basically do it on, on time that's not stealing value from your job. Okay, so so that's that's one thing about the career, uh, uh, you know. I've been in private practice for it'll be almost 40 years, uh, and so it's time to uh, I'll be retiring pretty soon. But uh, before that, of course, I, I was I was in the service and um, and uh, but one thing, uh, and I did work you know for other organizations uh, uh, part time. So so one of the things is if you're going to um, uh, you know. Witness or talk about, uh, you know, the gospel and all that. you, have, you better establish your cre- your um, credibility as uh, as a good worker. Um, You're know, not all your outcomes going to be good necessarily. You're not always going to succeed, but uh, uh, but your your um, your how should I say, attitude behind it, your your intentions. Because people are not dumb. Your bosses did not become bosses because they're 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 uh, uh, foolish and incompetent people. They became bosses because somebody thought that they uh, were pretty good at something. So that's how come they got to be bosses. So they can read you, okay, they can read you. I'm looking at this room because, because most of you are pretty young. Uh, nobody here is probably mid-career yet. Uh, so so you may not know th- this, so, so, but if you already know it, hey, you know, I'm, uh, you know uh, just take this with, you know, you probably will acknowledge it when I'm saying it's true. So so you need to um, establish your, your work reputation and then and then that gives credibility to uh, the value system that you're teaching them, because they look at your how you behave more than than really what you say. You know what you what you say is uh, um, is uh, gains uh, power because of what you do. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna look at that. So uh, I don't know if that helps. a lot. I could go on and on forever. You could tell I could talk and talk and talk, but I better not go anymore. Let's see what Kathy has to say. Um.
2: I think when you begin a job, it's always very nerve wracking because you feel like you have to prove yourself to, to uh, your coworkers. And I think um, for me, the, my tes- I, I know Pastor Ray said not your testimony, but I think testimony is a big part of who you are and how you can um, present yourself to your coworkers whether you have a good work ethic, um, whether you're on time, um, and what you do with your time. And um, I can't say that I was I was particularly evangelistic in, in telling everyone that I'm a believer in Christ and you should become a believer in Christ. However, um, I think um, in my actions, uh, I mean, in casual conversations. What are you doing this weekend? You can tell them what you're doing this weekend. Um, and I think um, in living in San Francisco, I worked in healthcare and I worked with all kinds of people. And one of my coworkers was, he was a gay guy. And I, I, I liked him, I talked to him, but I didn't really participate in the things that he did and I didn't particularly approve of them. So my, my way of, I, I, I knew that I wanted to, um, I, I didn't want to um, flander him, but what I did do is when he brought in his tapes of his activities and pictures, I wasn't in the gang that hovered over the pictures laughing I was in another part of the room. I, I just didn't participate in those things, in, in enjoying his um, his homosexuality and his gay lifestyle. Uh, not that I didn't talk to him, not that I didn't like him. Um, and the other thing is, is your attitude towards your other coworkers makes a difference and um, and how you treat them. and um, And I think gossip in the workplace can be very, very harsh, and uh, and I was caught on one of those things. Uh, one other gal who was there at work, um, she was a believer also, and she said she caught me on that and she called me out on it. You were gossiping, and so I did have I did have to um, um, apologize, and I did have to catch myself on that and acknowledge that, and I think. To your coworkers' notice, uh, I had on walks home or whatever I would, we would talk about um, what I'm doing. And at that point in time, I was um, going to BSF, which is Bible Study Fellowship, and I would invite the people that I was going with there. Or I had one coworker say, "Why are you happy all the time? Why are, don't you get mad?" And I had an opportunity to share the gospel with her there and to invite her to events. And so um, I, wasn't, I wasn't out there the whole time, but I took opportunities when I had them. And I think that by your behavior and if you are, are different, people will come and, and ask you, why are you different or why are you like that? And so those are the, when I can take the opportunity to share uh, what makes me different or why I, can, um, why I can approach things the way I do.
0: Yeah, listening to you, both of you, it seems like the word that came to my mind is awareness. You're, you're aware that all that you do, first and foremost, is to the Lord. You serve him. He's your master. And then there's also a self-awareness of, like, I need to live for God in the way that you talk to people, in the way that you work. There's awareness of, okay, here's what the Bible has to say. Here's, I'm, here's how I'm, I'm going to practice it in my workplace. And you're aware of those around you as well, that they're looking at you, they're watching you, they, they see how you act, and they can even point out at times the inconsistencies. Um, so I think that's, that's very helpful in that when we are working, you're not working for yourself primarily. You're, our, you're aware that all that, you are, all that you are in your workplace is ultimately as an act of worship to the Lord. And hopefully in that way, in, in your faithfulness to the Lord, you become a blessing to those around you. So I like that. I think that's very helpful in that way. So one of the questions that came up relates to <clears throat> the home. And you guys are in a very unique position because you, you're taking care of a parent. You guys have kids and you have grandkids. Um, and I think some of the questions relate to like parent relationship as well as um, even potentially to grandparents. Um, so in your situation, how do you find yourself you know, as adults? How do, you, how do you be a good testimony? How do you minister to your parents when you're out of the home? Or even if you're still living in the home, how do you like, be a good testimony to them at home when you know, you're, they're non-believers? How do you minister to them when they already know all your flaws from birth? And, um, you know, you, and I know your parents are believers, but um, you know, how do you minister in that context? And then eventually down to like your kids and grandkids as well.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, let, me, let me clarify what Pastor Ray's uh, saying as far as our situation. So my 91 year old mother is uh, it, uh, under our same roof. Okay, she, so she's living uh, in the same building as us. She has her own little unit in, in the building, but, but we're there. So we have dinner with her uh, every night, pretty much. Um, uh, she's been widowed now for what uh, oh, eight years? Yeah. So uh, after after my father passed, uh, then then she moved in uh, with us. Um, and we we have two children who are, uh, and we have five grandchildren. Uh, so, uh, so 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 I, I guess you could you could say we're we're we are a sandwich generation type of. Uh, uh, um, um, individuals or we're in that stage of life but it's not really either because we don't have any little kids that live with us uh, but but um i would say okay in dealing with uh, a parent uh, of course in my situation uh um i'm really very fortunate that kathy is willing to do this because it's not her mother it's my mother and uh so she's um you know uh uh i would say looking at the, her role as a, as a ministry, she's, she's ministering to, uh, uh um, to my mother. Okay. Um, and, um, uh, it's, um, sometimes it can be very challenging. Okay. Because it's, it's true as Pastor Ray alluded to your mother or your father, but usually as usually the mother, they will always see you as a child. It, it doesn't change. Okay. Um, even if, um, uh, no matter how old you are, if your mother's still alive and you have contact with her, she will still see you as her child. Um, and, and, but, but at the same time, um, in, in this stage of life, uh, she is no longer uh, as capable as she used to be, okay, uh, physically and otherwise. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, uh, we, we, uh, um, we kind of look at it, uh, Kathy looks at it as a ministry, and, and and so do I, really, uh, because um, you know, for many years we, uh, she didn't live, with, she did not live with us. So we, you know, basically we we've lived our lives together. We're, we were, we, you're, you're adults that have responsibilities and, and uh, uh, um, all types of uh, situations that you have had to deal with, uh, and then and then now, uh, your mother has come back. Um, you know, we we've done a lot of um, uh, uh, premarital counseling. And one of the things that, we, we, that we're supposed to, that's on the curriculum for premarital counseling is to leave and cleave, right? And uh, I know that la- later on, some of our premarital counseling, um, Kathy would say, well, we're on the other end. Now, even though we leave and cleave, now they, now it's come back, you know? We're not, our mother has come back to live with, or at least my mother has come back to live with us. So, but it's a different relationship. It's a different relationship. So we still have to honor her. Uh, AND I DO, um, BUT THE RELATIONSHIP IS DIFFERENT, OKAY, BECAUSE IT'S NO, no LONGER um, WHERE uh, THE HONORING is, it, it CARRIES A DIFFERENT CONTEXT. IT LOOKS DIFFERENT uh, and, uh, um, and, AND BECAUSE NOW uh, IT'S ALMOST LIKE SHE'S THE DEPENDENT AND WE'RE THE ONES THAT ARE, are PROVIDING THE CARE uh, AS OPPOSED TO, YOU KNOW, uh, OF COURSE, when, when, you're lit, WHEN YOU'RE YOUNG AND YOU'RE, you're uh, uh, under the age of majority you're you're the one that's uh, dependent uh so it's different um and yet at the same time you have to honor and, and by giving honor you um you will uh you know try to take care of all the her needs uh, or his needs as the case may be uh as as appropriate um and and uh so so in a lot of ways this is how your uh, uh how the thinking is how how you approach your your, your parents um and uh, um, uh, so, so, uh, but, but it's not the same, it's not exactly the same relationship. Now, as far as our children are concerned, uh, I was saying to somebody the other day, um, it's, it's really a, um, a blessing when your children become smarter than you are. And um, uh, I think that's the case with both my kids. I think they're both smarter than I am. Um, and um, and uh, 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 so all that investment, all those years, it paid off. And, and fortunately for me, um, me more than Kathy. I think they, they they do go out of their way to try to honor me. It's just like I'm trying to honor my mother. <laughs> so so uh, so kind of um, they kind of motto on you. So you got to be careful how you behave. You know because, because your children do motto on you. Um, so so as far as the grandchildren are concerned, I, I think um, right now they're just a lot of fun. So so uh, uh, but 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 we look at least I do. I look at uh, an opportunity to do it again and try not to make the same mistakes with the grandchildren and, and try to teach them uh, in, in ways that uh, um, that really only grandparents can say. I think the parents sometimes cannot say certain things, but the grandparents can. And, and so so that's that's my take on the whole thing. Uh, of course, there's more to say, but that's all I'm gonna say now. I'll I give Kathy a chance. I'm gonna look at it from the perspective of maybe
2: uh, as you are, uh, You want to honor your parents as an adult. Um, uh, And I would say that your parents probably would desire for you to respect them. And by respecting them, I would say um, to give them, as Bill has said it, give them your ear. In other words, listen to them. Don't, once they start saying something to you, just don't turn your ear off but to actually listen to them um, and consider what they're saying and give them attention. So look them in the eye instead of evading them or looking at your phone or looking at the other side, looking at your food, but look, look at them straight in the eye and let them know that you are paying attention to what they're saying. I think that you find as a person, if someone were to do that with you, you, you have their attention. And that is important to them. Um, and uh, and w- whether or not you actually do what they ask, you've given them your ear and you've given them attention. Um, show care and concern for them. Um, you know, uh, I think part of it is uh, when we grow up, our parents have given us everything, and they sacrifice a lot for us. And so they'll say, well, what do you want for dinner? Spaghetti, or what do you want for dinner? What do you want da da da? Um, Maybe turn the tables. Hey, mom, dad, what do you want? Let's have something you want to have, Uh, or let's do something you want to do, or spend some intentional time with them. Um, Be very honored that that their child, their son, their daughter would want to spend time with them. Cook for them, Uh, express appreciation for their care for you. And I think, too, what's really, really uh, would catch their attention would share with them what's going on in your life. Talk to them. Um, don't let them be the last to know. Don't let them find out on Facebook or from the person down the block that you barely know. Talk to them. Uh, they're interested in you and they care for you. Um, in, in respect to a lot of you who are perhaps living at home with them, Perhaps going to school or even working, um, have consideration for their time and their space, for their needs and for the chores around the house, cleaning, cooking, shopping, expenses. Instead of, um, you know, you want to be treated as an adult, um, yet you, if you were to act as if you were back in high school or back in elementary school, with you know not doing chores, not not doing that, but. Um, you know, uh, consider them and be that adult that you you feel that you are, um, and 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 that's especially if you're living at home. And and a lot of times that is necessary in today's day because rent is so high and it's just not practical to live out. But um, to be considerate of them in that way, uh, perhaps if. You know, you're going out or, you know, can I pick up food for you or can I pick up whatever on the groceries or do you need this done? Or maybe they want some time to themselves, give them some space. Uh, And if you're not living with your parents, you're living away from their parents. You know, uh, my mom always used to complain about this with me and this is something that um, I was not good at. But um, care for them by reaching out, talk to them, call them. Visit them, have a meal with them, be intentional to spend time with them. I think your parents really, really care about you and want to hear from you and want to know that you are doing well.
0: Yeah, I think that's very wise too. Like what you're saying is if you want to honor your parents, be the adult so that they can almost feel like, okay, I, I did my job well. Um, you know, things like taking initiative. Yeah, it's hard. Like what I said earlier, it's hard for your parents to overcome that. Oh, you're their, you know, that you're not their baby anymore. But there is something to say when you actually start acting like an adult. When you're not like a like a fifth grader anymore, and you're acting, you're doing adulting things. Um, it sends a strong signal to your parents that they did a good job. And if they still have to like clean up after you and do your laundry and all of these basic things, these basic life things, it, it's it kind of it makes them feel like, okay, then you haven't grown up and they'll treat you accordingly. So basically, be an adult. Like, grow up. Even if it's the context of you're you know, living at home, that's fine. Um, but you, there has to be something that's changed. And I think for a lot of us, we're willing to act mature at church or at, at work, but when it comes at home, we we tend to, like, relax a little bit, um, which is, a you know, which is, it shouldn't be. We should be consistent because if we're not, then that's called being a hypocrite. Um, another question regarding to just like relationship in terms of not just like romantically but just in general how did you how do you how would you encourage your parents spiritually
1: uh well well for us it's pretty easy because um because uh, um you know uh my mother is a member of this church um and so it's it's it's, it's, e- it's a little bit easier um because we have contact with her and, and, and uh, you know basically she believes uh, she believes the same things that we believe so so um i, I can give you uh, a couple of examples um so during the pandemic uh, of course uh, you know she couldn't come to church and uh, i i should put a put a plug in for our kennedy's department elders in the kennedy's department they are very 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 good okay they're really really good with taking care of uh, uh, their congregation, and especially with the seniors, so um, so a lot of times they're, you know they, they reached out to my mother in many, many ways um, but, but one of the things that happened um, during uh, this year was uh, uh, my mother was uh, uh, talking about her Bible, okay talking about her Bible, and so i said oh there 's a uh, the MacArthur study Bible just came out in Chinese, so um, so I, I ordered one, also because it's the cheapest place you can get it from Grace to you. That was the best price. I looked around, and that was the best price. <laughs> so I, so I, I ordered from Grace to you, and I, I, I gave it to her, you know, because I thought, you know, because she, she was kind of complaining about her Bible, and 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 all that. I said, oh, this is a good Bible." She looks at it, and, she, and, and then she says to me, "She says to me, I already have a Bible. I don't need another Bible." I said, "But, but this is a real good Bible." It, it, and so we went back and forth about it uh, many many times, so um I think she didn't trust me so um so then I think she asked the Cantonese elders, "Is this a good bible
0: <laughs> so so I go, who's John macarthur and uh, this yeah, is a good who's bible? John
1: macarthur you know and uh, uh why, why do I want to study Bible you know by him you know so so she didn't believe me and uh uh so so uh, but the Cantonese uh elders told her it was a good Bible, so that was, that was that's a long story to say that um, one way to encourage uh, your um, i guess your uh, parents in in, um, in in their walk with uh, the lord is is provide resources um, they may or may not even know what you're doing uh, but uh, and that's a subtle way and, and uh, of course uh, uh, that's one way to do it um, uh, and of course uh, if conversation comes up she, she sometimes she'll talk about some of these things and, and, and then and then we'll We'll talk about it a little bit, but uh, but I, I, my Chinese is not. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not. You know, the biblical Chinese. You know, there's a lot of jargon. You know, there's a lot of jargon, and Pastor Ray can appreciate that because he's been preaching uh, in Cantonese to the Cantonese department, and I know how difficult it. it, it you know, because all those words, uh, yandin and all kinds of stuff. And I go, what are they saying? You know, but there's a whole jargon, just like in English, there's a whole jargon. And, and, and you have to learn all those things. But nonetheless, we do talk about it. And sometimes um, uh, 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 sh- show show actually, we'll, we'll talk about certain uh, Bible stories and passages. But I realize, uh, you know, my mother never graduated from high school. Okay, she she's very, um, basically not very educated. And so what happens is some, some of the, some, some, I think some of the concepts, um, even though she's been going to church for a long time and she's had good teaching, I don't think she quite, gets it um, so 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 you know you know and and that's not her fault, okay, and it's not the fault of the teachers it's just that sometimes some people are have more gifts than others and have had more opportunities than others so she'll she'll come up with some stories you know, about scripture and then and then and we'll talk about it you know and and we' kind of work through that and, and try to get some of those concepts you know but but um, you know um, so that That's part of it, you know. So you do have to do talk. I, I, guess, I guess in some ways this reflects back to the previous question, which is, uh, we treat our parents as adults, and we act like adults, you know, to them. Because so, the relationship has changed. Um, and, uh, um, uh, you know, so, so we have to kind of uh, um, act that way, you know, um, and behave that way.
2: Um. I think also, uh, and I agree with Bill. I mean, part of the, part of the thing with his mom too is um, my Chinese is even worse than his. Um, but uh, I think ways to, to encourage her was, I, I was just um, would challenge her to memorize scripture because she was like, oh, I can't remember things. I said, it's okay. Just, just do it over and over and over and over again. Or challenged her to read the Bible in one year and she would come down and come I would come down and she would compare okay where are you in the Bible and and whatnot and then and I had like um, I kind of um, asked the Cantonese department do you have a, a daily Bible reading program that you know and so I think uh, Rita embarrassed her by saying does anyone need a, a Bible, daily Bible reading program and and uh, she knew it was me that asked but um, the other thing too is, and this is not relating to us personally, but for your personal test, for, your, for you to challenge your parents is that, uh, and I think Pastor Ray alluded it to it earlier. Your parents know you. They know, They know the sinful part of you, the part of you that lives at home.